Okay. Uh, now that I'm, uh, okay, that's over. Uh, let me go ahead and get back to reading A Mirror for Artists. Okay. The promise of dis uh, distribution is equally deceptive. One thing has observantly happened that nobody counts on when industrialism first appears as when industrialism first appears as Messiah. <laughs> it has been generally assumed that the art had the art to be distributed will naturally be good art. But it is just as easy to distribute bad art. In fact, it is much easier because bad art is more profitable. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, kind of is true. I've been noticing that a lot lately. Um, My brother is trying to get involved in it. Uh, one of my brothers. And... People are just snapping that up like crazy, and I'm like, and I've got a degree, and I've been practicing for X many years, and, okay, let me digress. Okay, the shop girl does not recite Shakespeare before breakfast. Henry Ford's hired hands do not bum themes, hum themes of Beethoven as they uh, go to work. Instead, the shop girl reads the comic strip with her bowl of, of patent cereal and puts on a jazz record while she rouges her lips. She reads the confession magazines and does not and goes to the movies. The factory hand simply doesn't does not haunt. The daily mirror, mirror will uh, do for him with pictures and titles that can be tropically eyed. The industrialist in art, that is, the Hollywood producer, the McFadden publications, the Tin Pan Alley crowd, the Hadelman Juiced Blue Book, will naturally make their appeal to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> I definitely don't know any of those guys. I, I know an, a little bit of uh, Hollywood history. Okay, let's get back. Um, they know the technique of mass production, which, if applied to the arts, must invariably sacrifice quality to quantity. Small margins of proof, large scales, the technique of forcing the market through salesmanship and high-pressure advertising will all work havoc, nor have we much reason to hope that the, ra the ravage ravages will eventually be limited to the vulgar enterprises I have named, of which the movies offer perhaps the most convincing example.
this guy is really bashing a lot of stuff that uh, we take for granted. Well, 1930, they still are learning to do movies and production movies and uh, big Hollywood glamour and they got the speakeasies and stuff. And this is 1930, so this is a little bit before. The only thing I can remember is uh, about around that time is The Wizard of Oz and, uh, uh, well, let me get back. What have we to hope for when immense critics sell their prestige and ability to book clubs whose entire scheme of operation is based on the technique of mass productions? Mass production. Mass production. When publishers gain to intimidate the uh, methods of William. Wrigley and Linda E. Pimpkin Pinkham. What? Uh, I definitely don't know who these are. I know a little bit of history because I had a art had a whole bunch of history in it, and and then my minor had a whole bunch of history in it and government and stuff. Okay, let me get back. What? But a gra a gradual corruption of integrity and good taste, a preference for the mediocre and safe, if not for the po possibly bad, the magnificent possibilities for distributing art becomes appalling opportunities for distributing bad art. Yeah, kind of, okay. One has only to glance at a magazine of large circulation and the advertisement columns for review, if not at this articles, not at the articles themselves. At the general critique, Confessions of New York, to see what inroads have already been made. At this point. Somebody might argue that the lower classes never produced or enjoyed good art anyway, and the number of persons of good taste is steadily in increasing. This objection would ask us to uh, view good art as a artist as an aristocratic affair. It does not, it cannot be gained without ignorance, without ignoring history, which shows that art in its great periods have rarely been purely aristocratic. It has generally been so popular art in a good sense and has been widely diffused. The popular, the popular art that has survived for inspection is good art. Certainly as compared with the McFadden publica publications. Furthermore, this objection 
would at once subtract from considering one of the major claims of industrialism, which proposes that proposes to enlarge and not to diminish the audience of the artist, even to make his audience universal. And even if there should be proved to be, but actually senses, a large number of people who enjoy good art through the agency of industrialism, then in past times, I should still uh, suspect the uh, vanity val that no southern accents oh validity of the process by which they achieve good taste for good taste cannot be had by simply going into the market for it it will be but a superficial prosperity Superficial property. Okay. It will be but a superficial property and less valued because it was easily got. And it will be dangerous to society if society is merely gilded with culture and be. Premated. Premated. Hmm, funny words. A lot of these got funny words in this. Okay. Okay. Such an atro- uh, atrocious. Now my southern accent's getting all in it. Oh, such a aristocrat. If it could be. Achieve would resign, would reign very insecurely, and it would always be more likely that its manners would be perverted by the lower class than that of the manners of the lower class would be raised. Okay, so basically, it's um, well. I have kind of, I'm not going to say I'm going to agree and not going to say I'm not, but um, I have noticed a lot, especially here and here, but um, I don't want to go off on a tangent, really, I don't want to. I, I probably need to, but I don't want to. Okay, let me try to read um a little bit more. Education, we are told, should deal with such matters as this. As long in the long run, we shall educate everybody, and good art will win because only good art will be taught. Well, I've been taught good art, and I wanted to be a comic book artist a long time ago. Well, first. But, you know, being a little kid, you change, was 
wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, then that changed. Then I picked up the art, uh, the art, and so I wanted to be an artist, and and basically pretty much stuck with the art, like forever. And but then I got thrown into doing other stuff than art, like cook. <laughs> had to be a good cook, which eh, I had to anyway, cause uh where we lived and how I had to live so uh I'm a fair cook and then when I went to college the first work study what was work study food worked in the kitchen <laughs> okay well let me try to get a little bit more in of this book well I don't know maybe I will maybe I'll stop right here for a second yeah, I'll stop right here for a second, cause uh, coming up on a on a break and um, just thinking. Yeah, I took all the art classes, and as I said in the other other, out and remember where, which one that I took all. I oh, had to learn everything. Art appreciate uh, the art appreciation. I mean. It and the music appreciation. Well, the music appreciation was easy. A, I mean, literally, that was a easy class for me because uh, we had music a lot at home growing up. Um, my dad bought an organ for us, and then we would play it, and and then I went in the band, and then and uh. Junior high, I, I took both uh, band, marching band, and art, and then I decided just put the trumpet down and and just went with the art, and that's one one thing I I do remember writing for uh, my bio for one of these plays I did because it was uh what was I was the help with the set the set design and and the cues and stuff and the and the pamphlet uh did the art for the the pamphlet for the play so i've done my share of uh stuff bits and pieces and uh that's what i told him to, uh, and he the took ran off with it that I put down the the trumpet to pick up the pencil. Okay, well, I'll see you in a bit. <laughs>